Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Send them out in the streets to tell their friends how wonderful it is to be scared to death. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 180 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Steve, Steve, I'm having some issues. I I had a conversation with my youngest child, who was a teenager, 16-year-old. Okay. And it was so amazing, I had to stop and write it down word for word 
right after it happened, right after I recovered to the point where I could write something down. And I'm going to share it with you and our listeners right now. Okay. It goes a little like this. Dad, did you see the rat on the ground? It's, it, keep in mind, this is a kid who's walked into my office. I'm working, right? Did you see the rat on the ground? Where? I don't know. You don't know where you saw the dead rat. No, that's not it. Well, where's the dead rat? I don't know where. You saw a dead rat, and you don't know where you saw it. it it's just that I don't know where the rat is, but his parts are spread all over the place. <laughs> Getting a little more frustrated. Where did you see this? On the ground, Dad. Then there was one of those long silences where you're each staring at each other like the other one is fucking with you, but maybe not. <laughs> so I finally go, the ground is a big place, son. Can you be a little more specific about where you saw the dead rat parts? Oh, yeah, they're all over the carpet. <laughs> yeah, that happened. So wait, you that still don't know what room the carpet is in. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, okay, because there's only one room with carpet. Oh, it's, it's, okay. That, so yeah. that did narrow it down in some way. Quite a bit, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's and it's kind of a white carpet, which I had uh, professionally cleaned oh. about a, within a week because it had just gotten... I, and I, I think the last time I did that was like five years ago. It had just gotten to the point where I'm like, God damn, this is disgusting. The vacuum is just not doing the job. I'm calling in the big guns. Then we had a rat explosion. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> Telling you, cats, cats. The cats have just been just on point, bringing in rats, bats, cockroaches. I have to like close the drawbridge, and I only let them in after I've inspected them. It's it must be getting close to Halloween. <laughs> you, need to, you need to get like a decompression foyer for yeah. the cats. So like, yeah, make sure you frisk them. Before you let him into the house proper. Yeah, like an airlock kind of thing. Just choomp. Yeah. Well, that, that's one hell of a story. What a way to kick off our 12th anniversary show. 12 years of Bone Bat, man. And you Happy start with, a, with rat parts everywhere. Way to go. I didn't get you shit, except a story. <laughs> a story about rats. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, we also have some great music this episode. Uh, Ex Mortis, the shredding band, who we featured on the show in early 2018, has a brand new EP coming out in time for Halloween called Legions of the Undead. You heard their version of the Beetlejuice theme at the top of the show, and uh, we're going to have a lot more where that came from, as well as a conversation with Conan himself. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Also, uh, you know, Gord. For know, years, Gord. we've been pimping the local haunt scene around Seattle. We always visit By the we, haunts. We yes. mean you. Yes. Uh, sure. We talk to people. We've had audio here. Uh, but uh, this year, I thought we'd mix it up and do a little something a little different. You know, Video. there's other things to do in October. Oh. It's yeah, true. Yeah, like you could, you could give blood. You could sell plasma. You can work those those needles and, and razor blades into the, the treats you're going to give out. There's lots of stuff to do. You could create a window display on how milk is prepared for distribution. <laughs> That's right. Processed and prepared for distribution. Or you could go to see a horror-themed improv show like Stabbing Cabin from uh, Northwest creator Steve Lang. 
or uh, go to the Evil Dead Escape Room put on by the people at Hourglass Escapes. You could go to the Nocturnal Emissions film series put on by Cinebago and Sith. You could go to Navy Strength, the uh, tiki-inspired tropical bar, and have some drinks off of their Nightmare on Wall Street menu. All horror-themed. Or you could even go down to Devil's Reef, uh, one of my favorite local tiki bars, where they're having a plantation rum night on November 1st. So a lot of cool stuff to do, and we're going to talk to different folks about all that stuff in this very episode. I cannot wait. I mean, we're coming off the the previous episode, which was, frankly, pretty baller. So it's... (laughs) That was a fun show, yeah. Yeah, it was. We're amazing. All right, man. But before we get to any of that... Why don't we do what we always do about this time? Gord, what pisses you off? Steve, you know what pisses me off? What's that, buddy? I've I've realized that there's just this weird, nonsensical thing that we do in America. I don't know if they do it in other countries. Maybe they do. But it's definitely worse in America because of our healthcare situation. Where... Our teeth are treated like some bastard stepchild of the body. They're treated like a whole separate body itself, almost like a pet or a familiar or something. You get medical insurance and it takes care of the everything, right? You go to the hospital, whatever, whatever's wrong with you, they can fix it. You could fall down an escalator that's going up and have like a 20 minute long tumble on these metal moving stairs and get like everything about you screwed up from your goddamn uvula to your fingertips to your hair to the psychological trauma to in a lot of places like kaiser even your eyeballs all of it except your teeth they don't that's like the teeth no you need different insurance for that you go to a different facility for that like no the, the medical coverage for your your teeth that's done in a totally different building. They want to keep that stuff far away from the rest of the medical body care that you receive. It makes no goddamn sense at all. And you know what else? What's dental that? insurance is bullshit compared to medical insurance. Like, you can use up your dental insurance super fast. And I've done it. Yeah, that's right. I'm basically an uninsured citizen walking around if you're looking at the area where my jawbone stops and those those little bony bits stick right out. That pisses me off. Why do we do that? Why do wait we do that? Like, wait a minute. Are you saying that, that dentists are the veterinarians of the medical field? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is coming out quite exactly like you want it to. Or you might just want to hope that your dentist doesn't listen to this show. I can guarantee my dentist does not listen to this show. <laughs> What's funny is that you can actually pay your veterinarian more for cleaning your pet's teeth than like any other thing on the pet. Yeah, I don't like think I've ever paid You can have a him. leg replaced on a cat for 300 bucks, but <laughs> the, the, yeah, the replace the it with a tooth, chair leg. The tooth cleaning will cost you 500. <laughs> yeah, what is it about teeth? Why are teeth so complicated? I guess eyes are the same thing. You have like a separate vision care card, right? And you go to a different doctor for that, and they check your eyes, and they give you glasses. That's a different person as well. No, because when we were Kaiser members, it was all the same building. It was like all the same. You walked in, you could get your checkup, your blood pressure, organ transplant, bifocals, all in the same place. 
Yeah, I think your mileage varies on that one because our, yeah. our eye care has always been separate as well. But I, I, to your point, why isn't all medical coverage covered the same way? I, I get it's that. the same damn body. It is. Well, it was. <laughs> it's not the same body it used to be. So you left that's for sure. Left your teeth all over the bike path, but I know. At one God. time, it was contiguous. <laughs> the bike path or my teeth? <laughs> your head. Oh, I was going to say, because I don't like really have a unitooth. It's not a single entity. What about you, Steve? What what pisses you off? I have a message for the people that I live with. Oh, shit. And that message is, that's not how we use the pantry. <laughs> the pantry is not... I, do you have a pantry at your house? I don't think that I do. No, I've got cupboards. Okay, and what do you what do you keep in those? Say the food covers specifically. What do you keep in there? Food. That's what we keep That's in right. the food cover. Do you keep empty boxes in there? Unfortunately, sometimes yes, because when a box is emptied, one would think you would take it and remove it from the cupboard. Yes. Possibly recycle it. No, no. Ah, so but, some of these things are universal. So yes, yes, that is definitely a problem. What are, you, are you supposed to keep an empty box in the cupboard? No. Not unless it is covered specific two empty boxes, which yeah. mine is not. And nobody ever thinks to nest the empty boxes so you have more room for other things. You can have three, four empty boxes in the same pantry <laughs> and all I of cannot. them taking up space and none of them containing actual food, except for food that nobody wants to eat right now. I had no less than three different bags of tortilla chips open and like waving like those men that stand outside the car dealership with the fan in their feet. Like, I was gonna full say of ass, stale yes. chips. Why do you need three bags of stale chips? At some point, you can eat every other fucking thing in the pantry, but you can't eat that? Well, you can combine those bags and then make a bowl of stale nachos out of them. That's not how we use the pantry. Throw away stuff when it's stale. Throw away stuff when it's empty. Thank you, housemates. Jesus. You know what I like is when... It happens with cereal mainly. 99.76% of it gets eaten. And then there's just that, that like, it's, the, it's just a dusting in the bottom. But oh, didn't throw it away. Didn't recycle a box. There's still some cereal in there. Same thing. Tonight when I was cleaning out the pantry, uh, a large bag of Trader Joe's olive oil popcorn flattened. And in the <laughs> bottom of it, Maybe 15 to 18 tiny little husk pieces of corn. Like, what That's... is the purpose? Somebody had to walk back into the kitchen, put that shit back in the pantry. <laughs> it was literally closer to go to the trash can than it was to go to the pantry. That Maybe pisses if me your off. Barbies were going to have a popcorn party? That pisses me off, I just got to say. It's a good thing your housemates don't listen to this show. All right, well, as we've been discussing... There's an awful lot to do this October, and the clock is ticking. So you better make haste! Rise up, you lazy lot! We must make haste! Right now, where the iron's hot, there's no time to waste! Prepare for more!
right, we are back. Once again, that was Make Haste. I hope you enjoyed that perfect example of the classically inspired thrash-tasticness that is Ex Mortis. And joining us now, the one and only founder of the band, Conan Gonzalez. How you doing, man? How you doing, Steve? Been good. <laughs> I am spectacular. It's great to talk to you again, man, and have you on the show. When I saw that Ex Mortis was going to have a horror-themed EP out just in time for Halloween, I was stoked. <laughs> good. I'm glad. That's exactly what we were going for, so... <laughs> So I'm glad you're just as stuck as we are. <laughs> Absolutely. So what made you want to bite that off as your next uh, production? Um, I don't know. I think it's something uh, me uh, and the former drummer, uh, my cousin as well, uh, Mario. Mario, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've entertained that idea for quite some time, but we were, um, I don't know, I guess for like releases, we were just doing albums and we figured, okay, let's let's do, um, let's continue the whole sort of sorcery fantasy thing. Uh, for like a you know a trilogy kind of you know idea trilogies everything comes in everything great comes in threes right so mm, sure <laughs> we'll finish that up obviously he quit before we he did the, the third album with uh, with prosthetic but um yeah the last yeah. the last time we spoke it was like you had almost a completely different band but uh, it's kind of cool that right. it seems like uh, the people that you toured with after the sound of steel are the people that you're still working with now so there's a little continuity there exactly yeah and I think it's uh, hopefully it stays that way. Everyone seems to uh, share the same vision, and everyone's you know, everyone's into it. So uh, yeah, hopefully nothing <laughs> happens <laughs> henceforth. You know. <laughs> yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, and you know, of course, I, I brought the idea up to the rest of the, the uh, new guys, of course, and uh, they loved the idea. And uh, the only problem is that we, we were trying to find uh, some time to record everything and get everything and you know, get everything produced in time for Halloween. So that was. That was the real struggle, and um, and even then we did like last minute covers, which was actually Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, the, the first the first cover was uh, I guess the Night on Bald Mountain. Uh, I, I guess because I've always been a fan of Disney. I guess you sure. know as a kid, who, who, what kid isn't? But my favorite Disney movie was not like fucking I don't know Lion King, even though it was, but it was more like uh, Fantasia and like the crazy stuff that they used to make. And uh, yeah. My favorite scene in Fantasia was the night on Bald Mountain. Uh, devil fucking guy on the mountain fucking summoning ghosts and evil spirits. It just stuck with me, so, yeah. Yeah, no, that was that's so, such an iconic film moment. I remember, like, they brought that in and showed us in uh, second or third grade, I don't know, uh, when I was in school. It was that, and, you know, the, the part with the dinosaurs where the dinosaurs go extinct right. in Fantasia? Right. And th those are, like, yeah, the two... The parts that I loved from that film yeah, was like those two moments. Fuck yeah, they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, we just thought uh, let's do that version. And of course, um, there have been other interpretations of the same piece mm -hmm. uh, done by other metal bands, but um, they didn't do the one that I liked the most, which was the, the Disney one, the Fantasia one, because it cut out a lot of the happy parts that, that you know, there's nothing wrong with Arts and music, of course. Right. And, and and I guess one could argue that it does have its place in heavy metal, but um, but uh, I really love the Disney version, so I decided to to, to pay more homage to that version. And then, uh, yeah, I think I thought it sounded really cool, and um, I thought it would be great for like a Halloween release. Yeah. You know, just it's perfect for that. So after deciding that, we're like, okay, well, we should at least release some some originals. You know, uh -huh. so we kind of 
pull those out of her ass and, you know, kind of kept the theme with it. <laughs> well, it's cool that you but, can pull yeah, it together because I know you guys were touring your ass off the last year. I, I keep seeing you. I think you've come through Seattle twice, and I haven't been able to see you since you were here with Amon Amarth. The right. good news is you're going to be back in November with Death Angel, and I'm definitely going to be there for that. Oh, yes, sir, man. We are beyond stuck for that tour. I mean, those guys always took care of us when we were in, you know, in their in, in their town, the Bay Area. So um, it, it's great that they, uh, they uh, asked, asked me personally to uh, to join that. Just throw it off like, no way. Seriously, we're so down. This is perfect timing for, <laughs> oh, the, nice. for the release, you know, and it's just this is, everything's, you know, working well right now. So glad that uh, that this is happening. Very cool. So, yeah, the, the uh, Beetlejuice cover, I thought that that was really cool because I, I always enjoy the uh, YouTube solo videos that you put up because I'm a big fan oh, yeah. of, of bands like, you know, Metallica and Judas Priest and Scorpions and stuff. And every once in a while, you'll put up a solo. I'm like, oh, I got to see this video. And it's always so much fun. <laughs> and I, I one of the things I, I like about your approach is you, you seem to really have fun with what you're doing. And that really, I think, sort of spreads to all the work that you do. Thank you. Yeah, man. I, I mean, if you can't have fun, then what's the point of doing it, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, with Beetlejuice, you know, it makes me want to hear your version of Tales of the Crypt next, I think. Oh, that'd be fucking great. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. I mean, heavy. And I, I think I've heard a couple of renditions already. Um, at least one of my friends had played that theme, and I was like, oh, it's perfect for guitar and yeah. just heavy heavy orchestration so yeah maybe that that'll be the next halloween release if i do <laughs> yeah i think danny elfman's work kind of lends itself to that right because a lot of it is right. kind of spooky or creepy and it's got a lot yeah. going on true yeah and of course uh I, I don't know too much about him uh way before his actual you know movie score career but uh -huh. aside from oingo boingo right um but i i assume like his his personal instrument is guitar so it, it seems as if you wrote these on guitar and like and of course you know orchestrated it to like whatever fucking you know <laughs> horns or violins and stuff but um maybe he did because it fucking plays well on guitar and i think it sounds great distorted and stuff so yeah you know it's I'm interesting assuming that's the case for it it's interesting you should say that because i believe steve bartek who is his guitarist in oingo boingo works with him as an arranger on his orchestral work as well Oh, perfect. There it is. Yeah, Makes so sense. I think that might be the connection, actually. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, so you're uh, not touring until November. Does this mean that you actually get to enjoy Halloween at home for once? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's funny you say that, too, because I haven't really, I haven't properly celebrated Halloween for, you know, a really long time. I haven't dressed up in, fuck, I don't know, man. I don't even know the last thing I dressed up as either. But since uh, I already bought the Beetlejuice costume, I have to celebrate. So I'm going to definitely dress <laughs> nice. up as Beetlejuice. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm home now, and, and uh, I'm enjoying, you know, family time and stuff, girlfriend time, of course. Yeah, of course. How's Papa Mortis doing, man? <laughs> doing great, man. Awesome. Uh, he's, doing, he's doing really good. Uh, yeah, he took a, you know, he, he took a break from, like, promoting... Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's still very supportive of what I'm doing. He's still encouraging me and obviously giving me uh, harsh criticisms of all the work that <laughs> I'm doing, <laughs> as the father should do. But, uh, yeah, he's doing great. We're, oh, doing, we're doing pretty good. Glad to hear it. 
So uh, do you have any <laughs> any October traditions? Like, so, you know, some people watch one horror movie a day during the month of October. Oh, right. Some people go to the haunts. <laughs> like, do you have any traditions that oh, yeah, you follow true. during October? Well, y- usually um, me and Mario would go to uh, Halloween Horror Nights yeah, at Universal. Sure. And uh, we haven't gone in a long time. I think it's because I, the last time we went, I forget what year it was, but it, the production was, like, not that great. And we kind of just, like, stopped going because it seemed like they were half-assing a lot of the stuff. I don't know why they started doing that. I'm assuming, like, you know, maybe, like, the whole um, the whole marketing, whoever they were, like, uh, paying off, maybe the Walking Dead stuff. <laughs> I think ever since they started doing that, we've noticed some, like, like they were, like, cutting corners in a lot of things. and. I haven't gone in a while. <laughs> huh, shoot, that makes me wish that I had seen it back in the day. I think we went three years ago, and okay. like it was the, the set for Haddonfield from Halloween was just like uh-huh. walking onto a movie set. It was eerie oh, crazy, but uh, the okay, lines cool. were brutal long, and so oh, I mean dude, we were yeah. we were in the line for like Freddy versus Jason for almost three hours, and that totally oh, sucked. My. And you basically uh, have to yeah. pay for like a VIP pass or something to go past the line, which costs an arm and a leg, in order to really enjoy everything in one night. Yeah, yeah, even that and has you... a weight to it. So, <laughs> so yeah, fun yeah. but expensive, and r- r- you waste a lot of time. If you don't, yeah, yeah, you exhaust yourself too, just standing around. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. but I, mean, I guess well, yeah, other 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 stuff we used to do is just you know watch. All, the, all our favorite horror movies, but it's funny because uh, we do that, you know, every other day of the week <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> of the month, no matter the no matter the holiday. So um, that's kind of like not, not that's not like a true answer, I guess. But um, I mean, obviously, we're too old to fucking chick or treat anymore. But uh, yeah, we just kind of just you know we choose to to play more horror movies throughout the whole month and and uh, yeah, just you know enjoy that stuff. Maybe check out new horror movies that we haven't seen before. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. There's a lot of uh, good horror movies coming out, so there's good things to see. Right, and I, I particularly enjoyed the the new It movies. Uh, I thought yeah. they were done extremely well. And uh, I forget his, the, the actor's name that plays Pennywise, but I think he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, he's and, one uh, of the Skarsgårds, I believe. That whole right. family act. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good job. Every, everything. I thought it was pretty cool. It, it, it was, you know, I, I appreciate the older one. You know, mm-hmm. with uh, with Tim Curry, but um, I, I, you know, of course, as with anything, it's a different take on the on the same story. And uh, the TV one, watching it again, it's kind of it's pretty cheesy, you know. Definitely, I hate yeah. to admit it, but <laughs> but it had its charm, and and uh, I still love watching it. But and of course, Tim Curry's performance as Pennywise. Uh-huh. But uh, this new take on it, I thought it was it was great, and you know, a, a great modern version of it. So yeah, uh, did- I recommend to anyone to. Go ahead and watch that. It's great. Did you catch the uh, remake of Pet Cemetery that came out earlier this year? No, I have missed that, and that's exactly what I need to check out. How was it? It, you... was, pre- it was pretty good. I liked it. Okay, cool, cool, yeah, good. Yeah, so that's definitely yeah, I need, I need to one to out. stick into your uh, watch list this month. I think absolutely right, and it, and I think it came out while we were on tour or something. Because it's funny because movies come out and then we're on the road. We don't, you know, have to kind of really go see movies, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'll just watch it when I get home. But I totally forget about its existence when I get home. So those that's one of the movies I need to get, get back to because I haven't, I haven't got a chance to. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely check it out, man. Cool, cool. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, I'll let you go. Thank you so much for uh, spending a few minutes talking to us once again here on the Bone Bat Show. 
No problem, man. Thanks uh, for having of me. Of course, we have one last question we always ask all our guests. Conan, what pisses you off, man? What pisses me off? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, top of my head, uh, since I live in the I, I think the thing that pisses off most, Angelino, is just traffic. And, and I think it's, uh, I mean, it's inevitable. Traffic will always exist in, you know, big cities. But pissing me off, I guess, is people that don't use their blinkers, so they just cut you off without, like, without any warning, you know, and, you know, asshole drivers, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I caught my head, and I, I had to deal with that right today, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Top my head. <laughs> that's by far the most popular what pisses us off we get is traffic. It, it, it doesn't oh, yeah. matter how oh, young man. or old you are, it pisses everybody off, so. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, man, in California, didn't they have rolling blackouts today? I heard that the power was going out down there. You know, actually, I, I noticed uh, the blackout, was it yesterday? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was interesting. Everything went out. I think it, it seemed like it was the whole block. Yeah, they said that they, were of, shutting it out, they were shutting it down to prevent uh, fire hazards in certain areas or something like that for, like, a limited period of time. But it was a, a designed blackout. It was crazy. Weird, yeah. I don't know. I was like, oh, that's weird. Everything went out. Cool. But everything <laughs> went back on fairly quickly. And everyone forgot about it and continued their lives. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's right. All right. Well, uh, once again, thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this next song? Oh, yeah. So, um, obviously, this song came out uh, a little a little earlier. Uh, but I, I think it's a, a very strong one because, you know, it's, it's uh, the one we chose to, uh, you know, to promote the album. Uh, Swally or So is definitely inspired by Evil Dead. And uh, we haven't written, uh, a, you know, a, tr- a true tribute of a song um, Evil Dead before so finally decided to do that and what better title than Fall Your Soul so um, yeah I hope you enjoy it it, it captures the atmosphere I believe uh, of you know being lost in the woods and casting all these spells that release demons that you don't even know what you're doing and I just love it so I had a great time writing it and I hope you have a great time listening to it alright here it is folks Swallow Your Soul <laughs> Take 
What's up, guys? This is Conan from Exmortis, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show. All right, we are back, and uh, joining us now, we are thrilled to say, one of my favorite Northwest creators. He's the director of Junk Bucket and the superb sequel, dare I say, the Godfather 2 of Dick Butchery <laughs> Films, Junk Bonds, Steve Lang. How you doing, man? Well, I'm, I'm doing better now. Jeez. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> My pleasure, sir. Well, <laughs> I feel legitimate. <laughs> well, I heard that uh, you were doing a horror-themed improv show. I, I wanted to have yeah. you on and talk about this, because this sounds like the coolest thing ever. How did you get the idea for Stabbing Cabin? So I've been doing improv, uh, gosh, since I was in high school, and I've been doing it in Seattle for about 15 years, and I'm sort of always looking to combine different passions of mine, and I'd always been trying to kick around, like, hey, could you do an improvised horror movie, basically, without, you know, skimping on the horror, um, and have it still be funny and do a full improvised show, um... And it wasn't until I kind of rewatched Friday Thirteenth Part Two, and I was like, "Oh, well, this is this is a format you could replicate, sort of, in an improvised format, um, as far as the dispatching of the camp counselors." Um, and yeah, I guess about a year and a half ago, I started the ball rolling, and uh, Jet City Improv was uh, nice enough to produce the show this year, so uh, we are off and running, as it were. Now you just did a rap-based show with them, right? With a tribe called Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, uh, again, an example of me just trying to combine two things that I love. Because in, in both cases, I was like, well, I've never seen anyone try to do this before. So let's see if this is something that, that can be achieved. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes things work perfectly and sometimes they don't. So, so when you were first sort of workshopping it, were you convinced it was going to work or were you still on the fence? Oh, not at all. I mean, we even figured out, we opened last week and we figured out some things we conceived of weren't going to work only a few days before the show went up. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Because we're trying to add a lot of bells and whistles. So, for instance, uh, this is sort of spoilery, but I guess we're not doing it, so it's not spoilery. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, towards the climax, we wanted the killer to punch through you know, a candy glass window into a cab and give the audience a little jolt. And it wasn't until we got them a few days before the show opened that we realized that... Um, they pretty much went two rows in the shattered, you know, fake glass. Well, it wouldn't hurt you. It's not exactly the way you want to be afraid of an improv comedy show. So we're like, well, we'll just have to scrap that whole idea. But um, you can do so some improvisational first aid. Yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> yeah. I, it's kind of like so Gallagher, but with blinding. <laughs> yes, this is not what we're going for. So we had a lot of bells and whistles, and you know, some of them we scaled back, but. Luckily, the, the crux of the show is uh, the characters um, and the improvisers themselves because they're all playing or playing on stock, you know, type characters that we find in these 80s slasher movies. So that's been part of the fun is teaching a whole cast of people who aren't necessarily into the genre um, how these films work. Um, sure, one yeah. of the sort of tentpole characters and, and whatnot. <laughs> Did you have like a uh, an 80s horror boot camp that you sent them through, made them watch like a, a certain number of movies? Yes, well, the Friday the 13th, part one through six, were mandatory. Um, <laughs> anything past that, I can't heartily endorse, but, you know, it was extra uh, credit. Uh, the Burning, of course, we all watched Sleepaway Camp together. Sure. Um, so, yeah, they started to build a, uh, a reference catalog. <laughs> nice. I love I'll it. be like, okay, today, why don't you try playing a Judy, just like a really irrationally bitchy character? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know what roles your cast were going to play immediately, or... During this process, you sort of said, you know, you'd be better as this character. 
That's part of the fun for me is that uh, we cast folks, uh, me and my co-director, Phoebe Richards, good friend of mine, um, who also was uh, my AD on Chung Pong. Mm. Um, we cast people sort of because you could imagine them fitting a stereotypical stock character in the 80s, but then we sort of put it on them to turn that on its head a little bit and okay. kind of parody those characters or, or use it as a way to present a character that you wouldn't normally see. Nice. Well, I'm really looking forward to it, man. Uh, where can our listeners get tickets? Ah, yes, JetCityImprov.org will direct you to get tickets for Stab and Cabin. We're performing every Thursday and Friday uh, in October, and including November 1st and Halloween oh, okay. um, at 730. Uh, and for more info, too, you can look at the Stab and Cabin up on Facebook or pretty much online, because I was shocked to realize that almost no one has used this title for anything before, <laughs> other than a really weird hip-hop country song, which I can also encourage you to check out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, one uh, last question we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Steve, what pisses you off, man? Oh, man. Dumbed down remakes of horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any particular ones in Stop mind that really get your goat? I'll Stop insulting our intelligence. That's all I ask. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you again for joining us on the show, and we'll see you at Stabbing Cabin. It was a pleasure, and yeah, thanks y'all for coming out. I'll, I'll grab you a drink when I'm soon. back and joining us now on the show uh, the one and only clinton mcclung from sif and cinebago presentations uh he is uh i guess the founder what, what is it you do for nocturnal emissions i am the producer producer that's the word yeah and i'll tell you all about it i'll tell you okay. the whole story if you want to hear it we want to hear it that's what uh, we have you here for is uh we're we're featuring some uh unique things to do this october and uh, that seemed like that would be a perfect fit oh thank you so as you guys know i was a programmer for sif for the seattle international film festival and i used to run their year-round theaters so i did a lot of the programming at the egyptian the uptown and i left that in uh 2016 so fact um, uh, some people may not know is you were the yeah. one who originally rented the uptown to the bone bat film festival that is right. I remember when you guys brought the bone bat over to the Uptown. That's right. So thank you again for that. Hey, you're welcome. But like one of the things I've always felt good about being a programmer is working with people who are doing local things and bringing them to a larger, more like legitimate venue, like to a movie theater. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it, you can do so much more with movie theater culture than just show first run movies or just show, you know, whatever movies are released. You can do all these great community events and bring back old movies um, and just celebrate cin the cinema art form in a way that just brings people together. And I love that. And I love how you do short films and music and feature films all together. Uh, that's the kind of things I think movie theaters are built for. Thanks, man. So tell us a little bit about your film series. Um, so when I left SIP, I started doing, I started my own production company. I work with uh, different local artists to help them do larger uh, film events. So I've been working with the guys at Kaleidoscope, which is this uh, bi-weekly crazy montage film series at Rebar. We do a Halloween show at the Egyptian now every year. Uh, I, saw, that's I just up. saw an ad for that, yeah. 
Um, I'll talk about that later, but uh, I'm just I'm building up my narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Build Don't away, let us sir. interfere. Build away. Uh, um, Our show is your palette. I also started working with the Arc Lodge Theater to uh, bring back the Dark Lodge series there that uh, was really popular and then kind of just went away because regime changes and stuff at the Arc Lodge. But uh, I approached David, the owner of the theater, and he, we decided to reboot the series. And we had a really good time doing it in uh, through most of 2017 and into early 2018. We did a tribute to Bill Paxton with Near Dark that was pretty awesome. Um, we did a screening of They Live where I had custom-made sunglasses that said Obey that everybody got on the way in the door. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, right on. That was, that was the, my, my amazing. And then my favorite screening was we did a movie, Deathbed. The, the Bed, bed that, that Eats. eats. Yes, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, that, that Pat Oswalt routine is sort of yes. based on this movie. Um, but if you haven't seen Deathbed, it's kind of an amazing, like, weird student art film that happens to have a murdering bed in the middle of it. Um, <laughs> and one of the actresses from the film, her name's Demine Hall, she actually lived in Seattle, and she just showed up at our screening uh, and talked all about the experience of making this weird movie in the middle of Detroit. It was fantastic. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we were doing this series at the Arc Lodge, and it, it was going really well, and then... Um, uh, you've probably heard that, that uh, the owner of that theater has been having a lot of trouble financially, like sustaining the theater and staying in the neighborhood. So he kind of had to lay everybody off and cancel all special events. And so the the Dark Lodge series was kind of up in the air. Um, and it was around that same time that I'd approached Isabella Price, who is an amazing um, burlesque performer. She's a filmmaker. She has her own podcast. Um, but I first saw her at a screening at Central Cinema of... What is the movie about the the women who go spelunking and then find the monsters the underground? Descent. Descent. Uh, there was a, a like a, a special screening of the Descent with a panel discussion afterwards, and uh, Isabella was one of the panelists. Okay. And she, when they were talking about women and, and how women are represented in horror films and all this kind of stuff, she brought up this movie Ganja and Hess, uh, which is an amazing. I don't want to call it a black exploitation movie because it wasn't. It was it was an art film, but it was marketed as a black exploitation film just because of the time it came out. Okay. But it's uh, it's a vampire film uh, starring Dwayne Jones, the guy from Night of the Living Dead, uh, as sort of a, a scientist who's infected and becomes a vampire and then turns his girlfriend into a vampire and then she turns into an even worse vampire than he is. And it's a fucking great, low-key, bizarre, bloodlust kind of romance. Okay. Um. And she uh, was talking about this uh, film on, on stage, and I was so impressed because I was trying to tell people about this movie for years, and you just couldn't find it anywhere. It had only been released on, like, bad VHSs and, like, mediocre DVDs, and usually under fake name, like, different names. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember, but some of them were pretty bad. And I was just so impressed that somebody else had heard of this film. And so I approached her after the screening and said I wanted to sort of reboot a Dark Lodge kind of series. And we approached Northwest Film Forum, and they were interested in partnering with us. Nice. So because Isabella is a burlesque performer, uh, she opens every show by coming out and doing a burlesque routine for the audience. Uh, I am but her humble manservant um, at the show. <laughs> okay. I am merely there to facilitate her whims. And we usually do some sort of like goofy uh, trivia contest or make people get up on stage and uh, act like goombals, and then we give them a prize uh, before the show. And then there's a couple of burlesque acts. 
Uh, and we do a good, like, a 20-minute pre-show of fun stuff that leads into the film. So, like, we just did Night of the Creeps, and I did a bunch of Fred De- Fred Decker trailers, um, did some uh, music video stuff, and we have a short film from Crypticon before each screening as well. So, anyway, sorry, I'm over-explaining it, but the point is, once a month we're showing horror movies, and we're not just showing horror movies, we're making it a really fun, uh, crazy, interactive, kind of sexy, and titillating night. Nice. So uh, our listeners probably missed the first installment back in September, but Octo- mm-hmm. Octo- October 21st is the second of four in the series, right? Yes, October 21st. Uh, or 24th, rather. 24th, yes. yes. Uh, we're presenting the Canadian uh, feminist werewolf classic Ginger Snaps. That's a great movie. Which, uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, on, on stage last month when we were talking about our upcoming films, I described Ginger Snaps as a period piece. <laughs> 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 Mimi Rogers uh, is so great in that movie. Oh my god, she is so good in that movie. All the actresses in this in this film were really impressive to me. I I mean, they they were. It was like a trio of uh, not Mimi Rogers, but the 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 two actresses who played Bridget and Ginger. Yeah, are were like Canadian newcomers, and they are so good in this movie and so good as sisters. Mm -hmm. And I read that one of the reasons why is that they lived together during the making of the film. Oh really? I did not know that. And sort of develop their own sisterly bond, Interesting. Um, and okay. that really comes across in the movie. <laughs> nice, yeah, it's a it's a favorite of mine. I love that movie. Now I haven't seen two and three. Have you guys seen either of the other two? I no. have. So the the second one takes place, but it's uh, after the first, but it's much darker. And okay. the third one is actually like a medieval times prequel with the same actresses that has nothing to do really with the first and second oh. films so they're playing their ancestors yeah sort of it's bizarre all right I, i've made some i've set aside some time to watch ginger snaps back uh and ginger snaps three so i'm gonna get on yeah. that yeah. but first i got a whole october of stuff there's so much stuff that's to watch right to do right now it's making me crazy so much content we're we're swimming in content all right I, uh, uh I, can i ask you guys about a film and ask if you've seen it yeah sure you go uh, for it have you watched uh, Satanic Panic? I haven't seen it yet. No, not no, yet. I, I just rented that the other night. Uh, I think it's available on uh, all. The, I think I rented it on the YouTube. Um, but it is a delightful horror comedy in the best sense of the word. And Rebecca Romjan, is it? Did you pronounce it Romjan? I always thought it was Romaine, but that could be wrong. I thought it was Romaine, like the lettuce. Yeah, like the lettuce. Yeah, but, Rebecca Romaine. I would not count on me i mispronounce things all the time i have no idea what i'm talking about but i will die on this hill (laughs) (laughs) if it's romaine like the lettuce i buy that because romjin i don't think is a word i think that's me making (laughs) up things phonetically that's why they don't let me introduce french films during the film festival oh yeah that's (laughs) french words are almost impossible it's weird hey, you do it with a Spanish accent. I we, don't know. We once posited very early on in the show that you had to have a different orifice in your neck in order to make those French sounds. <laughs> um, so anyway, Rebecca Romain, which, by the way, I'm going to have to talk about her with some other podcast later, so thank you. For <laughs> <telling> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> oh, shit. I hope we're not wrong. Bacon <laughs> saved or not. <laughs> now I'll blame you if it's wrong. It's yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Romain's amazing in this film. And she like, you know how every once in a while an actress is in like an actress or an actor is in a really good sort of B-movie genre film. And they know exactly what movie they're in. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'd like Nicolas Cage and Mandy knows exactly what Mandy is about and what he oh, needs yeah, to bring. <laughs> <laughs> That's a point of contention between me and Shut Steve. Shut up, Gordon. <laughs> Mandy's <laughs> fucking great. Uh, and uh, by the way, Clinton, yeah. when you have a chance to see Color Out of Space, it's awesome. Okay. Color Out of Space. Yes. Nicolas Cage, directed by Richard Stanley. It's freaking great. Saw it last weekend at HP Lovecraft. Awesome. Oh, nice. I've been trying to get friends together to watch that. Oh, what is it called? Another World? That really bad Nick Cage movie uh, that was at Fantastic Fest last year. Oh, I heard of it, but I have not seen it. It's one of those movies that I almost wanted to bring to the festival, like in a fateful findings kind of way to be like, here's a movie that exists that you need to know is, is a thing that's happening. Uh, but not, it's not a quality motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about the, uh, the new Nicholas Cage film that you just saw. Uh, so it's just a HP Lovecraft adaptation of the color out of space. It's really well done. He takes the story, modernizes it, uh, uh-huh. Sort of, he removes, uh, you know, the inherent racism and misogyny that can be within Lovecraft by having a heroine as part of the story and a, a person of color as well as part of the story who are oh, integral in, in making the whole thing work. It's a modern story, so it doesn't get caught up in the archaic trappings. And it has just amazing cinematography and lighting and color and... It, it makes your eyes pop in the same way that Mandy does, but it's a much more coherent story. It's a, co- a coherent adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft tale. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you can count on two hands the number of really quality H.P. Lovecraft adaptations. And this immediately fits into that number. Oh, that is exciting. I'm, I'm going to tell Colleen uh, about that. Colleen O'Halloran, she's, the, she's our other genre programmer at SIF. She is the biggest H.P. Lovecraft fan. And uh, I, I think she's been telling me about this film and how excited she is. So I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, I understand it goes wide release in January. So you guys right. should look out for it. Oh, I'm very excited. Okay, the Nicolas Cage movie that you should watch but also should never watch um, <laughs> <laughs> is called Between Worlds. It's with Nicolas Cage and uh, Franca Potente from Run, Lola, Run. Yes, she's great. Uh, yeah. And Nicolas Cage is a uh, long-haul truck driver who meets this woman in a truck stop bathroom. Uh, and then she is uh, addicted to um, being choked until she's almost dead because then she can go to the afterlife and see her daughter who uh, has died. Whoa. And then accidentally brings back from the afterlife Nicolas Cage's dead wife who then uh possesses the body of a young of the young daughter the woman that the woman was trying to bring out of a coma i think is the plot anyway i'm trying to describe the plot it's a big mistake here's what you need to know (laughs) (laughs) there there's a scene in this world uh, in this in this movie between worlds where Nicolas cage is having sex with the, the this young girl and he is reading from a book of poetry while he's having sex and the book of poetry is written by Nicolas Cage (laughs) I'd call it masturbatory but (laughs) (laughs) it's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen on film and I just I can't explain why Um, 
Because it's, it's the like, cinematic equivalent of sucking your own dick is why. It is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, this film is written and directed by a woman. It's a very interesting film in terms of being like sort of one of those weirdly tra- traitorous like lifetime movies that you see so much of, but crossed with like a David Lynch Twin Peaks sensibility and then also a horror element taped on top of that. And uh, in, in the end, it makes no sense, but it's a ride that I highly recommend going on. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'll have to look that up. Okay. <laughs> that is not showing in my film series, uh, Nocturnal Mission. <laughs> 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 Believe it or not, we're here to talk about what you're doing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to just plug. I want to talk shit. That's why I love these things. <laughs> There you go. Well, why don't you talk a little bit about your Halloween show with Kaleidoscope? So every year, Kaleidoscope puts together a uh, collection of montages, and a reel of weird shit, of like old trailers. They do music videos based on a theme, like they'll edit together a bunch of vampire movies into one cohesive music video. Um, and it's just the funnest show. And every it's broken up into about 20-minute segments, and every 20 minutes, they give away, they do a prize drawing and give away an absolutely amazing prize. Um, there's some stuff coming up I can't, I'm not supposed to tell you about, but it's like Is one it a of book a- of Nicolas Cage's poetry? <laughs> <laughs> Slightly stained. Screen <laughs> used, yeah. It's a screen used prop. Why do you ask? <laughs> I, that might be available. That might be on eBay. I'll take a look at it. <laughs> Sorry, I did not mean to derail you. That was fantastic. <laughs> anyway, they give away really cool prizes in between, and then uh, there's usually musical guests. A couple years ago, they do sometimes they'll do like their own edit of a classic film, like edit it down to a 15 minute like, like collection for people who haven't seen it to be like. For instance, they were like, "You need to see the Tingler." Here's a 15 minute version of the Tingler. <laughs> do you go watch the Tingler? And just walk up behind you and shock you once at the end. That's right. <laughs> this one was funny because I really wanted to do the shock thing, but we're like, oh, we, we can't afford it and the logistics are really hard. And uh, so we're like, what if we just stop when the movie stops in The Tingler? What if we have somebody dressed as The Tingler come out and just like walk through the audience and attack people? And instead of that, um, they got their friend Scott Shoemaker. Uh, he's a really great performer. He's part of the Brown Derby series, and uh, he performs as Ms. Pac-Man at Rebar sometimes. <laughs> okay. Uh, he dressed up as the Tingler, which was like a giant roach costume, and then walked around like a borscht belt comedian poking fun at everybody in the audience. <laughs> being like, you know, what are you doing here tonight? Where's your wife? Boom, you've been tingled. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> he walked around passing out candy and like insult comedy tingling everybody. And it was, I, that was one of the best movie theater experiences I've had in a long time. So working with those guys is just a joy. And there's always something weird and wonderful that happens at their Halloween show. And their fan base is full of people who really, really go to town on costumes. So we always have an amazing costume parade and a costume contest. So nice. uh, it's a really good Halloween night event. And it's, it's kind of early in the evening, so it's over by 10. So you still have plenty of time to go get drunk. Fantastic. That's great. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, where can our listeners get tickets for your events? 
Uh, let's see. Visit KaleidoscopeSeattle.com for more information about Kaleidoscope. Okay. And if you go to NorthwestFilmForum.org, there's a page for nocturnal emissions. You can see what all the upcoming programs are. We're once a month, uh, and in November, we're doing Attack the Block, which is one of my favorite sort yes. of under... Oh, uh, yeah, great, great such monster a good movie. movie. And uh, December 12th, uh, we're doing a tribute to Vincent Price, uh, and we're going to show The Mask of the Red Death, uh, which I think is a great Christmas film. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. You, yeah. you praise Satan. Praise Satan. It's a great Christmas film. There you go. Oh, can I ask you guys my one question before, uh, before we go? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, ask it. Yeah, I am working on a list of my favorite examples of Satan exhibited on film. Uh, this is for uh, my own podcast with uh, Sif that we're doing called Scared Sif. Um, and I was wondering if there were any favorite uh, Satan movies or examples of Satan in a movie that, that really connected with you, that you really loved. And I'll tell you one of mine if you tell me one of yours. South Park. I'm sorry. I, I don't <laughs> even watch. I don't even watch South Park on TV, but that... The South Park movie Satan was was really was really hilarious, and I, I loved I loved that uh, depiction of Satan. I yeah. think he's the sexy he's the sexiest of the Satans almost. Yeah, he really is. But he, he's sort of like this like lovesick, I don't know, ineffectual <laughs> wussy Satan character, which is not what you normally see when you see Satan in a movie, which is why right. he was so great. And he was a great singer. Yes, and he had quite a voice. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, Go I ahead, Steve. I don't know, because I, I was thinking about most of the films that legit have Satan in them, I don't mm -hmm. like. Like, I'm not a fan of Angel Heart, and Devil's Advocate is just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the films that I do like don't really, like House of the Devil from Ty West mm -hmm. is a cool movie, it, it, but it has Satanists. It's not necessarily... You know himself, yeah, Satan himself. So I, I didn't really have any really good examples, or even like The Exorcist. That's a demon. That's not Satan. I, I don't know. That's, yeah, it's hard. To... Exactly, exactly. This is the this is the uh, hard part of this idea is that you know what's the difference between you know it's hard. It's easy. It's easier to find Satanism on than it is to find Satan. Yeah, that's right. So he's sort of weirdly underrepresented in horror film. This is my thesis that I'm working on. But he's hugely represented in rock and roll, so go figure. Yeah. yeah right? right? <laughs> so I can, I can think of one really great horror film where Satan is an essential character okay. that I recommend. Um, and that is a movie called Rock and Roll Nightmare. I've not seen that. Don't know it. Rock and Roll Nightmare is, I think, from the mid-'80s. Uh, it's, uh, it's the directorial debut of John Michael Thor. Um, actually, maybe it's his second film, but it's the, his first film in my heart. He's a Canadian muscle rocker who used to be a Mr. Universe, uh, who wrote a wonderful horror film about a rock band that needed to record one good song over the course of uh, two week two weekends at a, a secluded uh, farmhouse. Um, and while they're there, they begin being uh, murdered by mysterious puppet-looking demons. Uh, and then in the end, Satan appears, and he's made out of paper mache, and they have a fist fight. <laughs> and it's incredible. I would think fist fighting anything paper mache, you'd probably win, even if it's Satan paper mache. That right, sounds, right. That right. sounds maybe the epic. only fist fight I could win. So, and, so uh, like that sounds like it would be great in a triple feature with like trick or treat and black roses. 
Yes. Oh, Trick or Treat. The, uh, yes. Those two those two movies go well together. Black Roses I've never seen. I've just looked at the video box so many times. Yeah, it's another heavy metal satanic, satanic type of a thing. But it's a good flick. I, it's been years since I saw it, but I enjoyed it at the time. I saw Trick or Treat a couple years ago, and it really holds up. And, and I always forget about just how fucking metal that kid uh, from Family Ties, the neighbor kid from Family Ties, could be. <laughs> Which is not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as satanic as the kid from the gate, right? With oh, the, uh, right? Oh, yeah. my God. I rewatched that recently. Yeah, and that they're... little kid, he, what's his name? Um, the, he was on True Detective, right? Was he was, that yeah. Act? That's right. Brad Dorf? No. Steven Dorf, right? Steven Dorf. Yeah. Yeah. He is so stoic in the gate. You're just like, this little kid is going to fucking, he's going to do it anything. He'll do anything, this little kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's not afraid of anything. Jump in that open hole, fuck it. Yeah, I'll do it. That's like that little <laughs> Steven Dorff character. And I'm like, what a badass suburban kid this is. <laughs> nice. Not even afraid of anything. No. Hold, hold hell in the yard? Let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's jump <laughs> in. Let's jump in. Yeah. <laughs> All Steve right. and I just watched that together uh, last year before the film fest. This yeah, year, this yeah, year, we threw it on yeah. when we were stuffing swag bags. We threw it on. Yeah, that was one of those movies where I only had w- w- like one vivid memory in my head from that movie. Like, there's that scene where there's a, a, a human-sized demon, and then it kind of lunges forward, and then it falls over and turns into all the little demons. Yeah, yeah. And then, like the, but the little demons hop. They hop right, around. That's yeah. right. They kind of hop like they're. On piggybacks, yeah. But they sort of look like Ray Harryhausen creatures, too, which is cool. They do. Yeah. That image was burned in my brain, and that's all I remembered about that film. (laughs) Uh, And there's so much more that happens. Actually, is the devil in that? Who comes up at the end? Nah, it's just the demons. But they yeah, do. big old demon. It is backward masking. He plays the the, his record backwards in order to open the gate. Oh. (laughs) Tipper Gore was right. She was. (laughs) Damn it. I didn't realize that The Gate is also one of those death metal films. That's perfect. Yeah, it's a, definitely a metal film, or at least at least interstitially, I guess. And you guys have both seen Deathgasm, I assume. Yes. Oh, okay. that's one of the ones. <laughs> I think that, Steve just had one. That, yeah, that's one of the ones that got away. I would have loved to have played that at the Bone Bath Film Festival, but it was like wrong yeah. time of year. Couldn't make it happen. But oh, love that movie. It's so much fun. That is one fun, fun movie. Yes, yes. All right, what man. Was... Well, uh, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Clinton, what pisses you off, man? God, what pisses me off, man? What doesn't piss me off? Um, You know what pisses me off? People in Teslas who drive whatever fucking speed they feel like driving. <laughs> Just the people in Teslas? Just the people in Tesla, you know, people in like a, in like a working class vehicle who are driving fast. I'm like, okay, you're trying to get somewhere. Probably you're probably stressed out. You know, you're probably late for work. I get it. You're angry. It's cool. But somebody in like a Tesla, you're like, you don't give a fuck if you get pulled over. You don't give a fuck how much a ticket is. <laughs> you just, it's just your like luxury tax for getting able to drive however fucking crazy you want to. And fuck you. So that pisses me <laughs> off. <laughs> That literally pissed me off today, so I guess that's really not very exciting. <laughs> that's awesome, though. After 180 episodes, we have never heard anybody pissed off about that. So, well done. About the Teslas, yeah. Well done. Yeah. About a week ago, I was driving my 10-year-old minivan down the highway at an appropriate rate of speed, mm-hmm. and there was a little bit of space between me and the car in front of me, 
and this guy in a Tesla, he comes up. Now, he could have gone behind me, gone to the right, and got off the exit to the highway, but he wanted to be in front of me. He needed that extra, like, 10 feet of space. I'm in a 10-year-old minivan. Yeah. Fuck you. Go ahead. Try to fit. It was the best. <laughs> I don't he even know. He finally had to slam work. on his brakes and like, and then shoot in behind me and, and almost <laughs> missed his exit. He was outraged. He's waving his fist. So I'm like, bring it. <laughs> Which one of us is going to care more when their car gets scratched? Maybe I go on such a rant about Tesla specifically because those are the cars that just they 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 call attention to themselves. They kind of almost glow. Uh, they they feel like they're from the future and getting in your face. That's that's what makes me mad. <laughs> the future getting in your face. Yeah, fuck you, yeah. future. Yeah. Every time I see one, I think of Elon Musk. I don't ever want to think about Elon Musk. <laughs> I like how the, right, the showroom in Bellevue is in the second floor of the mall. Like, how the fuck <laughs> do you even get cars in here? That's ridiculous. I want that Have job. You- <laughs> Have you seen that Fast and the Furious movie where they just jump between buildings? That's how they do it? Yeah. yeah. That's what all the Teslas do. It's pretty cool. I figured the Teslas would probably just teleport in. Just... Oh, I like that. There's an underground tunnel. That's right. We know this. All right, Craig. Well, this has been the Elon Musk Conspiracy Hour. Thank you guys for (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Heck uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll see you soon at Nocturnal Emissions. Please come. (laughs) (laughs) The pirates rule on the whole ball The tyranny must end Make your stand against the evil For we are all Wow, how's that for a lot of content, dude? That's so much content. I am full to over over fullness with content. Thank you again to Conan and Steve and Clinton for joining us on the show. A lot of cool stuff to do here in October, so uh, go out and get your chill on, man. So, Gord, you got any uh, weird stuff this week? I do. I, I was looking around for odd news stories from other countries and I realized the the craziest damn weird shit is happening right here in the United States. It's it right in front of the cameras. We're living in such an incredibly weird time. The the president of the United States of America, arguably the most powerful man in the world, so cocksure that he can never be wrong, that he has actually tried to convince everyone. He made a simple mistake. Hey, there's a flirt, a hurricane. Looks like I might hit Alabama. Alabama's like, nope, uh, it's going to hit those other southern states. Instead of going, yeah, yeah, okay, whoops, whoopsie. Anyway, on to more important things. He spent a solid week arguing with people, arguing with the, the weather service, with different federal agencies, state agencies, people on Twitter. Went all the way to, so far as to take out an actual weather map released by the Weather Service, mark it up with his own Sharpie, and present it to the camera as if it was some sort of official weather map where he, like, scrawled in with the Sharpie the the storm going over Alabama. How fucking weird is that? The guy is completely... 
completely losing his ever-loving mind. He's tweeting out about how he has, what was it today? A great and unmatched wisdom. <laughs> I mean, the, he's standing in front of helicopters and yelling at people the craziest damn shit. He's, he's getting probably impeached, and it is driving him insane. So far, he's blamed his energy secretary, Rick Perry, for him making this call to the Ukraine to curry political favors. He has blamed the pharmaceutical industry, which, I mean, everyone kind of looked at each other and went, wait, the, what? Wait, what? What the fuck? And he's, I'm sure next week or tomorrow, he's going to blame someone else. It's going to be like blamed, pocket golfers. He, he, he did uh, throw Pence under the bus a little bit. A little bit. But Pence is just absolutely just clinging on to that presidential dick. He's like, oh, no, no, there is no daylight between me and the old Trumpster. Uh, he's, it doesn't matter. He is he is essentially reek is what he is. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. You know, it's funny. I was reading about the, the like, so somebody asked the question, so is there any idea who, who would write on a map with the Sharpie? And they say, oh, yeah, Trump, the only pen he uses is Sharpies. <laughs> He's got a pocket full of them at all times. <laughs> it's like the, the smoking Sharpie. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he'd say it was an official weather service Sharpie, though. You know, those yeah. guys. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird, like, because you hear people saying it seems to get, oh, it's the, you know, the, the Democrats are just trying to make anything up because they're trying to undo this election from you know, 2016. But the Democrats aren't the ones who went to a foreign president and said, hey, listen, I can give you some money if you take care of something for me. Uh, yeah, they're not. <laughs> In a room full of people. And then he released the transcript of it, so he can't even really say he didn't do it. Now it's all, they're just trying to spin it and make it, you know, I don't know. Yeah, he I started know, out, man. I didn't do it, but if I did do it, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, here's a transcript. See, I told you I did it. Wait, <laughs> you just, we were, what? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, crazy. It is the weirdest goddamn time. And this is someone who doesn't have, he's, he's the goddamn president. Yeah. He could just, like, not. He could just not do that. Yeah, it's, it seems like he can literally do whatever he wants. Yeah, he can. That seems to be the case. As long as, you know... Mitch McConnell, old Moscow Mitch, keeps <laughs> clinging on to the other water, side. Of it. As long as Mitch can hold his water. <laughs> shit. It's weird. Yeah. Even Lindsey Graham lost his shit today about something else. It's it's not enough. Not enough. Wow. So, yeah, Gord's weird shit right here in America. That's it. Let's listen to a tune. Okay. Uh. How about one from uh, the last full-length release from Ex Mortis? This is uh, from 2018 Sound of Steel into the Maw of Hell. I know where you 
Hey, this is Steve Lang here of um, Chunk Bucket Infamy and Crypticon Seattle fame uh, here on the Bone Bat Show, where I'm proud to be a member. All right, we are back, and joining us now on the show, Seth Wolfson of Hourglass Escapes uh, to talk about the Evil Dead Escape Room. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing great. How you guys doing? We are doing great as well. Well, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk to us on the show. Uh, we always feature a lot of haunts and local fun stuff to do during October, but we wanted to reach out to some of the people who are doing something a little bit different. And uh, after I bumped into you at Crypticon talking about the Evil Dead Escape Room, this looked like a really yeah. good candidate. How did you guys get the idea to do a licensed escape room? Yeah, um, so when I opened up our escape room three-ish years ago, I wrote this... Uh, an outline of this game for fun, never thinking I'd ever get it. And then I started thinking it would be really cool to get the rights and I wasn't sure how. And then um, I just kind of stewed on it for a while. And then I talked to a couple of friends of mine in the film industry and uh, my buddy, Steven Susco, who you guys might know him. He wrote and directed uh, Unfriended 2 and wrote The Grudge. Oh, okay, uh, sure. A couple oh, yeah. of years. He's in my board game group, and he's one of my best friends. And, you know, he deals with this kind of stuff, and I just said, hey, how do you do this? And he just gave me some tips, and then um, I talked to my friend Ben Rock about, like, his advice. And then I just kind of, through some a mix of friends, I was able to find out who owned the rights and had to get a hold of him, and then it just kind of happened. Nice. Uh, I just called him up, and I told him who we were going to connect with, you know, in the game. You know, Andrea Hayes, who I know you know, mm-hmm. who, for people listening, she's Heidi the Waitress in Twin Beaks, but also, like, a local legend, producer, artist, nurse. So she's our Henrietta. And then I got my buddy Ben Rock, who uh, is one of the guys who worked on Blair Witch, to come come in and shoot some video, and he got us Yuri Lowenthal, the voice actor, uh, and Donald Tom's Capella, who uh, is our Ash, and that just kind of I put that to the studio. I'm like, these are the people I'm going to tie to it, uh, and then I just they said okay, and then I kind of freaked out for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, went into a little bit of a coma. Yeah, like, oh shit, I'm really doing this. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, one of the uh, things I uh, I think is really cool about your approach is that most escape rooms, you come in and you essentially just kind of bring your skills to it. You have fun trying to solve the room. In this yeah. case, you sort of have a little bit of a role to play, correct? Yes. So we created uh, Groovy, a ghost hunting organization that as players, you've answered this Craigslist ad and you're being asked to come here to investigate the cabin that is materialized within our building. As these characters and on our website, you can download a character pack, which has the different uh, occupations of these people and a little bit about them. So you could be the psychic, the realtor, because you know we all know how expensive uh, real estate here is in Seattle. So anything you can rent, even if it's, uh, you know, a haunted cabin, you need to rent it. Um, A skeptic and all these other roles. And then we even gave costume ideas. It was kind of an idea we had from doing some murder mystery events. So people are showing up in costume. I mean, it's amazing. They'll show up in full like ghost hunter gear or in like a psychic outfit or in a Carl Sagan t-shirt because they're the skeptic. It's, it's amazing. 
and then each person is actually given an item that goes with their character before we go into the room. So it's like LARPing, cosplay, <laughs> live theater, escape room. Now, yeah. are, the, are the props that you give them, are those essential to solving the room? Yep, absolutely. Nice. Oh, cool. So right. even if you... So if you have two or six players, you still get all six items. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, and it's 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 a blast watching people interact with them. <laughs> you know, when the ghost hunter gets a ghost meter, like they light up, you know, <laughs> the player and the, and the ghost meter lights That's, up. That sounds totally fine. So yeah. where, where can our listeners get tickets? Uh, so if you go to evildead2seattle.com, uh, the number two, so evildead, the number two, Seattle. Com. It's probably the easiest way to find tickets directly to this game. And how long will the show be running? Or the room uh, be running? I think it's till like 2021. Oh, I think okay. So you've got it for a yeah. while. This isn't oh, you've got just, a while. This isn't oh, just yeah. for Halloween. Okay, great. No, no, no. We opened in July and have been going strong since. I mean, we're booking out in January randomly, random days. So That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the success. And uh, one yeah. last question we like to ask all of our guests on the Bone Bash Show. Seth, Uh-oh. what pisses you off, man? Oh, my God. You got to understand I'm from Philly, like everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, what pisses me off? Probably just the, the parking in Seattle. <laughs> it sucks. So are you saying Maybe. that there's no parking at well, there's Glass parking. Escapes? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's plenty of parking here. <laughs> but it's angry parking. It's angry. No, it's just like. Uh, just trying to find parking and traffic here. Yeah. Yeah, there was an accident on the bridge today in West Seattle. I couldn't get out of my house for like three hours. Oh, shit. That sucks. <laughs> Jeez. So I, I stayed home and watched TV. It was actually kind of a blessing. But, uh, no, there's plenty of parking out in front of Hourglass Escapes, metered in street parking, and a paid lot across the street. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice yeah. save. Way to go, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we don't validate parking, but we will validate you and your existential crisis that you may have. All right, man. Well, uh, we will see you soon at Evil Dead yeah. 2 Escape. I'm looking yeah, forward to it. excited for you guys to come out. Absolutely. We're back. Once again, this is Steve from the Bone Bat Show, and uh, I am now at Navy Strength in Seattle, Washington, with uh, Julie, and you may know him as Tiki with Ray. Tiki with Ray. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for being on the show, man. It was uh, pretty cool that we were able to bump into each other this summer, and uh, as I get deeper and deeper into the world of Tiki, uh, you know, one of the first people that I, I looked up was you, because you have an extensive uh, YouTube show that covers a great deal of the hobby, uh, anything from drinks to uh, mugs to people who run bars, the actual mixology, uh, even shirts. You have a really good uh, grasp on the hobby, and uh, it's cool to have a chance to chat with you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on. And here's the thing, just like what you said, I'm all about promoting other people. I like, I, I just love the whole tiki culture, and I just want to show the world, like, hey, look at, I think this, this is cool. Look at this artist. I think what he's doing is great. Taste these drinks from this bartender. Aren't they good? I mean, it's just all about promoting what's out there. And um, we're in the information age, and 
it's easy to do that. I mean, it's like to do a YouTube video show is like you don't even you don't even need any money. It's just need a. I'm, I'm literally filming it on my phone. I bought a decent microphone, and like I, that's it, you know. And all of a sudden, and he's got people that are watching the show, and they're like, they're like, yeah, we watch your show, and like together on the couch on your TV. And I'm like, wow, all right. So that makes me happy that people actually care and like what I do. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is obviously it's October. The Bobat Show, we've always featured a lot of haunts on the show during October. We're big fans of that. But uh, there are other types of events that go on during October and into early November. Uh, I've mentioned on the show before, Devil's Reef, the lovecraft theme bar. One of my favorite places to hang. Fantastic drinks. It's got that horror vibe I love. The place is awesome. And you are doing a plantation rum night on November 2nd. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, so anyway, I'm really, really good friends with the owners of Devil's Reef. That would be uh, Jason Alexander and uh, Robin Alexander. And I met the plantation rum representative, Rocky A. And um, I was saying, like, hey, wouldn't it be a cool idea to have, like, a show where we talk about plantation rum? And then Jason kind of said, well, hey, we could do it about how I like to use plantation rum to make some of our cocktails. I'm like, great. This sounds like a great idea. So um, I really like plantation rum. It's pretty much my favorite rum. So we're going to do it. I think there's going to be free samples. And um, we're going to learn the types of different plantation rums that Jason likes to use to make his cocktails. So it, it should be pretty fun. And then, again, it's one of those things where, like, a lot of times when I go out to tiki bars, it's literally like me. I'll be the only person, like, sitting there with a Hawaiian shirt on, or maybe, like, me and, like, another person. And for a lot of people, that's how it is. And I thought to myself, well, if this can give an excuse for, like, other tiki people to come out, hey, if I know a whole bunch of other tiki people are going to be coming out to the show, then I'm going to come out, too. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I started doing my live show, just to give people an excuse to, like, come out and, and mingle with other tiki people. Fantastic. We've got drinks. This we is have awesome. fire. There you go. Woo! <laughs> you still have your bangs. <laughs> I feel like saying yeah, baby, but it's just... Yeah, baby. Oh, it's double fire. We have fire, people. So much. All right, well, we got to get to drinking. So thank you again, Ray, for joining us on the show. I hope to see you all on November 2nd at Devil's Reef. I'm going to be there. It's going to be a great time. And uh, one last question I always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bat Show. Ray, what pisses you off, man? <laughs> Rain. Rain. I live in Seattle, and it's like, it, it kills me. I want sunny skies. Well, that's why I go to Tiki Bars. <laughs> It's the truth. Fantastic. Thanks again, man. Thank you. This is Steve from the Bone Bat Show here once again at Navy Strength. And joining us now is Anna. How you doing, Anna? I'm doing well. 
So when I saw that you guys had a horror-themed drink menu, I was so excited. How did the people here have the idea for that? Well, I mean, doing a Halloween pop-up is, I think, very important for TV. TV is about, escapism is about, like, you know, going over the top, doing something that's just being extra, basically. Um, so making a whole month of Halloween is, number one, dope. Um, and... <laughs> And then said and did all of our drinks based on horror movies. Because who doesn't love horror movies? It's the best part of Halloween is seeing all the scary movies. Absolutely. And one of the strengths of Navy Strength is the fact that you have like such a, a creativity when it comes to drink ingredients. Like you can come up with crazy different things to put in your drink. The drink I'm drinking right now is called the SS Jordan. It actually has a little boat floating in the top of it, which is the coolest touch. They're super fun, and they're, man, I have folded so many boats. I will never, this is a thing I will remember for the rest of my life, is how to fold this little boat. And what I thought was extra cool about it is clearly it's a recycled menu from Navy's drink, so bravo for recycling on top of it. We can scare people, but we can also save the earth. We had all of our old menus and our recycling very cool. So off of the new menu, what is your favorite drink? Ooh, I'm a very situational drinker, so I can never pick just one favorite. Um, if I was going to do something spirit forward, I would probably go for the Lost Map. Um, the telekinetic energy is super dope. It's very, very cheeky. Um, SS Georgie, obviously, is good. They're all good in their own respect. We tried to make it varied so that there was something for everyone, since this is a much smaller menu than we normally run. Right, sure. How much longer will this uh, pop-up be going? This will go through the 2nd of November. Okay. Halloween falls on a Thursday this year, so we want to give people the option to go out the weekend afterwards. It's always a toss-up, which, which weekend people go hard on. I mean, I want to be here. Fantastic. Well, thank you again so much for speaking to us on the Bone Bash Show. And last question we always ask all of our guests, Anna, what pisses you off? Willful ignorance. Just not knowing something and not trying to that is an excellent answer. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You bet. my favorite thing.
is Clinton McClung from SIF and Cinebago Events, and you are listening to The Bone Bat Show. Was that too much? All right. Well, uh, once again, thank you to Seth Wolfson of the uh, Evil Dead 2 Escape Room, Ray from Tiki with Ray, and Anna from Navy Strength for joining us on the show. It was great to visit with them as well. You can find all of them through links on the Bonebat homepage. And uh, I hope that I see you at one of these events. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on in the uh, late months in Seattle, and uh, you should definitely take advantage. And finally, we had a tune from way back in 2011 from Ex Mortis and their album Beyond the Fall of Time. That was the Lovecraft-themed Crawling Chaos. Another perfect tune for October, I think. So, dude, uh, you got any multimedia triage this week? I do, and I think we should just hit the the thing we're both into right off the bat. Borderlands 3! That's right. I'm playing it. (laughs) You're playing it. We played it together once. It's great. If you like Borderlands, what level are you? Uh, 20? Yeah. uh, I'm level 33, so... (laughs) You've been putting a lot more time into that game. It's I like, think I have. I, I might get a block every five or six days, and you're you're hitting it definitely harder than I am. I am. I got a I got a little period of time where I know I can just sit down and play video games, and I'm doing it. That's that's cool though, because that makes me glad that there's that much, at least that much more ahead of me that I haven't done. Because I like have actually hoovered up most of the side missions to the point that I'm at. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've done most of the side missions. That there's a, a few of those like, go collect twelve of these things. That I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> I even like doing that stuff because that's usually when you get guns. I have noticed that there is no lack of guns in this game. <laughs> there's no lack of guns. <laughs> there's a bazillion guns. I think, as the ad says. Yeah, and there are, and they're wonderful. There's there's guns that. Like, turn into you, you reload them, and like guns are want to do, it flies away from you and becomes a, a sentry gun or chases down your enemies and blows up when it gets to them. Yeah, there's, or sticks there's to a, a wall. <laughs> yeah, there's it's a great. bunch of crazy stuff. They really developed out this universe. They put some some strong work into the the characters and all the all the weird little wackiness. They didn't just punt and say. Ah, make some more Borderlands. They they said, let's make it Borderlands, but let's build on what we've got and, and continue to make it awesome. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So there's four classes uh, in the new game. Uh, which class are you playing, Gordon? Beastmaster. And even though we talked about on this very show about how much I hate monkeys, my sidekick is a monkey, which <laughs> throws barrels of explosive stuff at people when I tell him to. Nice. Yeah. And you're the uh, you're like the double agent secret yeah I'm you know, Zane guy. who uh, he, one of his good powers is that he can uh, he can summon a duplicate of himself with the same guns to shoot from like another place and you can flip back and forth between kind of teleport back and forth between locations so you can jump into where he is and then you can jump back into where you were previously which is really cool. You can. Uh, one of the perks is over time you can increase the time that you have with your your decoy, 
and uh, it's pretty cool to use him in a lot of situations. There's been a couple of bosses that I've had to use him to get through it because they've been just that tough. Yeah, I just fought a, a vault monster today before we went and did the show, and uh, it was tough. Police is like a couple of little guys you fight first that were really not all that hard, and then all of a sudden, great reveal on that creature too. The one that looks... Um, sort of like a forest come to life is uh, is an awesome boss monster to fight. Oh, I'm not there yet. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not telling you anything that's gonna ruin it for you. I just finished uh, the Katagawa Ball, so I the Atlas, okay. the Atlas yeah, missions, yeah, on uh, Promethea, I guess it is. That's uh, what I just finished up doing. Right on. You know, I watched a movie, and it goes very well with what we've uh, talked about tonight. I watched Escape Room. Did you watch that? I'm not sure if I saw that or I saw another one. Talk about it a little bit. All right. It came out the same time as Aquaman in the theaters, and it was actually a fucking better movie than Aquaman was. (laughs) And it really wasn't a super great movie, but it was fun. Six strangers, six different people find themselves they all have this invitation to try out this escape room and if you if you solve the puzzle and you escape you get ten thousand dollars well you know things are not going to go as as planned and of course the puzzles turn deadly and um it it stars like um, mostly people you haven't ever heard of before it's directed by none other than adam robitel who you might know from the 2000 movie X-Men as Guy Online. <laughs> <laughs> Still, it's a really it's a really fun So, uh, they were strangers, they didn't know each other? Nobody knows each other. Okay, cuz there was, there was another very different. one with the escape room where they were all friends and they all knew each other. So that was the one I saw and it's probably like Hell Room or something. <laughs> Slightly room. Dis- yeah, something slightly dissimilar, but uh, it was not a very good film either. So, well, this one, this one was passable. I enjoyed it, um, and it actually did have one person you'd recognize, Deborah Ann Wall, who was in um, Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah. God, you're <laughs> you're so good at <laughs> that. I think actually, I think she is friends with Zoran Gavoyage. Lucky man. I think they have played D&D together, I want to say. I don't know I, why I think I know that, but I think it's true. I believe it. I would totally believe that about both of them. Yeah, so the puzzles turn deadly. It's a, it's a good, you know, brain bubblegum thing to watch as uh, as things get more and more intense. And, and I dug it. Escape Room. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm also watching the new season of Disenchanted. I don't think you watched the first season. I, I found saw it, about uh, half of it, and then... For some reason, I didn't finish. I enjoyed it whenever I watched it, but uh, I don't know. I, I, that's one I will go back to. It was fun. I like the characters. I, I like the Futurama, Simpsons-type uh, animation style, but in a different milieu. Uh, I just thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I think it's super cool. The characters are fun. The writing's fun. There's there's actually some surprising twists. I'm, I'm most of the way through season two, and I'm I'm digging it. I'm really glad it, it got picked up for another uh, for another season. And other than that, I'm not watching anything except Film Fest submissions. Wait, what do you mean? The Film Festival is not for months. I know it's not for months, but the submissions are coming in already. That's right, they are. So if you are a filmmaker 
and you have a comedy horror, a horror or a comedy film, get at us on Film Freeway. We are looking to see your new works as we speak. Shorts, mediums, longs. We'll take a look. Animated. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't care. You could you could make a film out of like crab apples and film strips. We would watch it. Speaking that of sounds terrible though. Don't, don't see that. Speaking of films, uh, yes, my lovely wife and I spent the weekend at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival in Portland, you Oregon last week. Lucky son of a bitch, not just for being married to Julie. Go on. That was a lot of fun. So I've been wanting to go to this for years and years and years, and we've never been to get able to get away because uh, it, it is also in October and there's constantly so much going on, but. Uh, we made a point this year when I saw that uh, the film that uh, I mentioned in our interview with Clinton, Color Out of Space, was going to be there. That was one of the things like, oh, I really like to see that, and uh, it was a great time. So it is uh, in one theater, but they have three different theaters in that building, and so they were able to show uh, shorts, blocks, and features, and different things in different rooms you know repeatedly so over a weekend if you miss a feature once you might be able to catch it on saturday or sunday if it's not on friday which is cool uh the, i think mostly the shorts blocks are repeated at least one time so you have more of an opportunity to see that uh and that was really cool uh, some of the highlights wa- were uh color out of space which as i mentioned i thought was a really great movie totally fun uh and then we got to see uh richard stanley do a q a after that uh, the second night, we saw uh, Roger Corman was there, as well as Victoria Price, uh, Vincent Price's daughter. And uh, they showed the Vincent Price film, The Haunted Palace, which is based on the Lovecraft story, The uh, Strange Case of Charles Dexter Ward. And uh, afterwards, they had a Q&A where uh, Victoria Price interviewed Roger Corman about the film, talking both about her father and the making of the movie, which was uh, just really cool. In addition to that, I watched, I think, three different shorts blocks and saw some really cool stuff, uh, a couple of which I don't want to mention because I think that we may actually chase those down for Bone Bat. But uh, cool. one film I think that you'll dig is called The Hide Behind. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Tell me about it. About this hiker. He's out in the woods, and uh, he hurts his ankle, and he sees a figure uh, across the way and uh, tries to approach it to get help, and... The figure starts to move away from him, and he's sort of chasing it, and then he realizes that he's actually being chased, but when he chases the figure, it goes behind a tree, and then he goes behind the tree, and it's gone, and then the it, once it goes behind a tree that is absolutely too small to hide it, that's when you know that he's got problems. <laughs> so uh, That sounds fun. Very cool film. Uh very cool short. I think it's like about eight minutes. Uh, another one was called The Last Incantation, which is uh, sort of a, a wizard short tale from uh, it was filmed in Portland based on a Clark Ashton Smith story. Uh, that was another one that I thought that was a highlight. Uh, so uh, several really good films. And uh, I love the fact that it is a concise film festival. It's only three days. But there's lots to take in. If you miss something, you have a chance to do over and see it at another time. And it also has some like great shopping. Nick Gucker was there selling some things. I got some uh, Gilman coasters for the Tiki Bar, which was awesome. And uh, got to hang out with a lot of cool people. Uh, the folks from Strange Eons were there. Eric and Kelly. It was fun to hang out with them. Bumped into Brother D from Monster wow. Kid Radio. Uh, he actually interviewed uh, Roger Corman and Victoria Price. Uh, so... Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And 
the late night partying, man, I hit it harder than I have in quite some time. I can't remember the last time I had pizza at three in the morning after drinking. So uh, <laughs> that happened. That's good for you. Additionally, we got to, we got to check out uh, some of the nightlife in Portland. We went to Halapele, which is uh, considered one of the preeminent tiki bars in Portland. That was a lot of fun. Had some just amazing drinks. Uh, also, the Alibi Room, which has been open since 1947. It is the Portland's longest-running tiki bar. And, I mean, my eye, my eyes still haven't adjusted from how dark that place is. <laughs> we went to the H.P. Uh, Lovecraft bar, which was kind of hilarious. It's a goth club. that uh, It's half of a well-curated bar experience and half of a spirit Halloween kind of crammed together. <laughs> so. It was weird, but uh, we got to dance to some goth music, and then we went to uh, another place called the Rum Club, which was uh, another excellent bar. So we had a great time, and uh, I would definitely go back to that festival. I recommend it to people who are into horror film festivals. It's worth the jaunt. There's a lot of good stuff going on there. Uh, finally, uh, last month, uh, Julie and I saw the Misfits live. They played here at. Uh, White River Amphitheater, and uh, it was a great show, dude. Awesome. They're only going to be playing like four more shows across the nation. Their legal uh, settlement between Jerry Only and Danzig specified that they needed to play no fewer than 10 shows for their 40th anniversary, and the Seattle show was like number six. So if the Misfits Tour comes to where you are, you definitely want to go see it because they're probably not coming back. Noted. The Illegal Obligation Tour, as uh, our friend Matt calls it. And uh, that's right about it. That's all I got, man, for Multimedia Trio. Well, one thing I really feel I need to tell our fans, people okay. listening to this, there's a band, somewhere one of you people told me to listen to the band Karma to Burn a good 10 plus years ago. I've only recently begun listening to Karma to Burn. Holy God, if you want some absolutely ripping metal with no vocals, just music coming at you, listen to Karma to Burn. Their album Live in Brussels absolutely tears it up. It's so much fun to listen to. And it's one of those rarities where it's a live album that's really, really well done. So, side note, I don't even know if they're making new music anymore. I don't even know if they're touring anymore. I'm so late to this party. But, man, if you like good stoner rock, um, these guys pick them up and lay them down, and you should check out Karma to Burn. Hmm. So you don't know where they're from or anything? Yeah, they're from West Virginia. They're just some some (laughs) hillbillies with electric guitars, and they fucking tear it up. Nice. Yeah, I think they're they're sort of in that, that... world of like Caius and um, atom- um, the Atomic Bitchwax and, you know that that really you know metal music for people that like music check it out that's it now we're done now we're done alright man well uh, our usual bullshit you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com uh, bonehand.com is also the home of the heavy half hour which uh, I post infrequently and you can find my stuff at MightyWombat.com. You cannot follow me on Twitter because fuck that. But you will find us on Facebook. There's a Bonehand group. 
MightyWombat.com is also on Facebook. Check us out there. Nice. Uh, if you like what we do, uh, please spread the word and tell a friend. And thank you to everyone who has listened to us uh, over the last 12 years. It's been a pleasure making these things, and uh, we wouldn't be able to do all the cool things we get to do if not for the support of listeners just like you. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, why don't we listen to a final tune from Ex Mortis from the 2018 Prosthetic Records release, The Sound of Steel. This is Victory or Death. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Don't I know it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, hold on. Let me prepare really quick. Okay. <laughs> All right, I think I'm ready. How, how wonderfully old school. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.